Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the weirdest thing. I feel like I've been in a coma for about 20 years, and I'm just now waking up. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. I remember playing some of my best ball when it was freezing outside. Best what ball? Anything that involved the ball, I played it. Jeff Lutz. Again, you played your best ball by yourself? I I assume most people do. You've never got your shot blocked playing by yourself. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's the ball. Learn it. Know it. Live it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday edition the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH Radio. Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz here at the West basement studio max power producing engineering the show 869-1240 the phone number to reach us what are you looking uh over there casting judgment on me about no judgment not even thinking about you been up a long time today same not probably as long as you but well what time do you get up don't you have to be at work really early not typically really what are your hours now I go in Sundays a lot. I mean, I just try to, you know, put my hours in. Don't they have set hours for you? No, I'm a salaried employee. Hmm. So I can Don't work. Don't they have uh, requests of hours they'd like you to be there? Sure, and I am there of those hours. So, uh, well, when you started, it was 4:30 a.m. Yeah, Whatever happened to that? I usually don't take lunch now, so I go in later and eat just at uh, at work. Well, I thought they needed people to cover those hours, those early, very early morning hours. No, we get going around 6 usually is when everything uh, starts starts really happening. Not 4.30 anymore? No. Who's there at 4.30? Uh, the morning people, the, the I thought producers. you were a morning people. I am. Well, explain it to me. I work well, the hours that I'm supposed to work. When were you awake? That's what I thought we were talking well, no, about. I'm not, now I'm more curious about this. There's nothing to be curious about. Well, I don't know. I, I, it feels like there is. I work Friday nights. I work some weekends. I've, I've worked the hours that I'm supposed to work. Everything, everything. Yeah, but if fine. they need, if they need to be covered at a certain hour, isn't that uh, isn't Everything, that the we're priority? We're always covered. We're always covered at every possible hour. There's well, I no. I just want to make sure you're doing your your job here. I am. So what what uh, did you have to share? Well, I'd rather talk about this now. Talk about what? There's nothing to talk about. You and your shirking of duties. Oh, sure. <laughs> So I was down in Derby this morning, bright and early, first hour class, uh, speaking to the kids. And uh, first of all, it took forever to get down there at that hour. The traffic is ridiculous. Oh, I'm, I can imagine. It's crazy. I mean, it, Derby's 10 miles away. It took me 45 minutes from the time I left my house till the time I walked into her classroom. Were you, were I'm, you, glad I, I'm glad I left early because I kind of thought that that would be the case. So even when that, I, I was still, 
15 minutes early. You know me. I'm always going to be early, no matter what I have to do. I will speed through barricades to be early. You won't, but that's okay. I might. You never no, know. You don't have to. You don't have to exaggerate. We know that you're. See, a, this is two days in a row you've person. been in this kind of a mood. What What's mood am on? I in? Not just not rolling with the punches, taking everything literally. Well, I do not that having all the any kind of uh, uh, wit or humor. Maybe you're in a bad mood. No, I'm in a great mood. Uh, so we engage, and here's the biggest thing to happen. So you know, I like to engage with uh, the students, and I like them e- each to ask a question, and I. I very much uh, enjoy talking to them, not just as a group, but individually. So I have some time, and I'm, I'm able to do that. There's, there's one young lady in her class, and I said, uh, I asked them about their passion, because passion means a lot to me, because we're running an education program in League 42 called the Passion Project. So I asked all those kids about their passion. And one girl, when I asked her, said, it's music. And I said, okay, that's a great passion. Uh, What do you do in music? How did you get to be passionate about music? She said, well, I play the guitar some. So I told her, make sure you start to play the guitar more. Because when you get older and you look back on your life, if you don't pursue that, because she's played some guitar, if you don't pursue that, most likely you'll regret it. So the conversation continued, and I said, what... uh, what uh, what makes what makes you passionate about music? You'll never believe her answer. Don Henley. No, I don't know. The Doors, who are from the '60s. This girl's 15 years old. Uh, so she said she'd gotten interested in them online. She'd heard some of their music. Uh, it really spoke to her. She's a big Doors fan. She doesn't know of any other community of Doors fans. Uh, but it didn't come from her parents. It didn't come from a relative. It came from her investigating music and just happening to happening to stumble upon the doors. I thought that was amazing. Well, that's good stuff. I don't particularly like the doors, but, but uh, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you like, uh, to borrow a phrase from The Rock. It just doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> what matters is that she has an affinity for a band that was popular uh, 45 years before she was born. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's not that rare, I don't think. Uh, it's not? No, I don't think so. You, you think there's quite a few kids out there who have I'm favorite bands. I'm not saying there's quite a few, but I'm saying that from the uh, 60s. If I think a lot of people who pursue music to that level probably find inspiration in, in acts from the past even more so than acts from the present. But you'd expect her to say Billie Eilish... Not necessarily. Uh, you'd ex- that's what you'd expect. What is does I and I was speaking? Yeah, the last thing I'm I speaking expected. from ignorance here. Does Billie Eilish play the guitar? I don't know the that she does. Thing, of course she does. She plays anything she wants. Uh, How do you know that? Speaking from, I just know I've seen Billie Eilish play the guitar. Okay. Oh, well, I I don't know where you would have seen that, but. Well, I, I've seen it. Okay. doesn't matter where I've seen it. It does to me. You want to argue about everything. No, I don't. You really do. You just say, well, I've seen it. I I have seen it. Okay. I think in one of her appearances on Saturday Night Live, she played the guitar. Okay. Maybe she did. Now you're going to look that up. Sure I am. Because all you're about 
is catching people. No, I'm not. No, that's all you're about. I'm about catching people who are vague in their, oh, yeah, I'm sure I've seen it. Uh, that's not anything. Anyway, continue. Anyway, it would be nice to have somebody to talk to about that because it was a really cool moment. And well, what do you I want me to say? It. I wasn't oh, there. You don't, but you never. I get you. I know you. It's okay. If I was talking to my wife about this, she'd be amazed. She'd, she, whether she is or not, she'd put on. Well, I'm not the, that amazed. I mean, I liked older music. Front that that's really cool. I Joanna liked older Chadwick, music when I was a kid. Joanna Chadwick, who's the uh, the instructor, reached out to me afterwards. Said that she's had that young woman in class since August. And that's the most she's ever, uh, most she's ever spoken. Uh, it's the deepest anybody that that anybody's ever gotten with her. She's, uh, and I and I took some pride in that because that's my goal, is to get these kids to talk. Uh, not all of them, uh, not all of them want to. A lot of them are reluctant. But by the time we were finished, all twenty people in that class, thereabouts had asked a question, we'd had a little bit of a conversation, talked about journalism, talked about the, the craft, but mostly the communication with the kids. I enjoy that stuff. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad that you had a good time. Thank you. But, Very I mean, again, I liked old music when I was young. I've known a lot of people that like Who'd you old like? music. Well, 45 years before you were born, so that would have been I didn't like music 1937. from 1937. Okay, she does. She likes music. Well, what music was out there in 1937? I don't know. Benny Goodman. Lots of there's been music for a long, long time. Really, a lot of people listen to Benny Goodman. Sure, he was extremely popular in his day. Well, the Doors are a little more timeless. Maybe, but you said the here's the Doors. Max is playing for those of you who wonder, but. Uh, I think it's interesting. I was born in 1955. I was not in touch with music from 1910. Nobody was, ever. But there was music. And there was great music in what 1910. What was the number one selling album of know. 1910? There was no. Jeff, That's what you're, I'm saying. you're sounding like an idiot. So how, what access there did was people always, have to music? There was always music. What access did people have to music in 1910? Well, when was the phonograph invented? I don't know. I assume somewhere in that in that general time period. When was the guitar and the violin and the piano invented? Uh, they've been around for for centuries. So there's always been music. I think it's remarkable that a young woman at Derby High School is a fan of the Doors and she's 15 years old. Eight six nine twelve forty. I'm sure Max thinks you need you need to get some age behind you. You're, you you're not. I don't. I mean that's cool. You're not but there I'm not yet. like floored by it. I'm not I mean, floored you know how by much it. I access, just think it's amazing. You know how much access kids have to the past and uh, on TikTok who's and your, social who's media. Who's your daughter's favorite musician? She likes K-pop stuff, and she okay, likes Alec Benjamin. And okay, those are modern artists. Today's. That, nothing wrong with that. That's great. That's what but most she's also not like. a guitar player, and she's not she's pursuing. Not, this girl is not a big-time guitar player. She said she's played it a little bit. I encouraged her to take it up again. Uh, but it's not like she's sitting around as a guitar player. That's not her identity. Um, all right, 869-1240 as we get off to a 
wonderful, lovely start that here on the show start. today. Uh, K's, KU goes into Manhattan last night and loses. K-State, uh, boy, that was a rock fight in uh, Manhattan. The kind of game that Kansas State can beat KU in uh, because it was uh, kind of ugly. Uh, no, neither team really played that well, although K-State uh, was tougher than Kansas. Kansas built an 11-point lead early in the second half. K-State immediately erased that, and then it was uh, very close down the stretch. It went to overtime, and Kansas State pulls one out. That's a huge win uh, for K-State. A lot being made that uh, the fans in Bramlage Coliseum, the students especially, didn't storm the court. They were ready to, but they didn't. The security people were able to kind of hold them off, and uh, Jerome Tang, after the game, praised not only his team but the students and the fan base for not rushing the court, saying that this is the kind of program they want to become so that rushing the court isn't even a thought. Uh, how close are they to being that program? And I never really know what to think about uh, schools and teams who say, we want to be so good that we don't celebrate. I don't really know what that means. I don't get that. That has nothing to do with the attitude of your students or how excited they might get over a win, a rivalry, a rivalry where no matter how good K-State becomes, they're never going to be historically the, the team or the program that KU was. So I don't really understand where Jerome Tang is coming from necessarily on that, uh, but I don't know that either that they're particularly close to be in this powerhouse to where uh, wins over KU would not cause that level of celebration. You can't celebrate without rushing the court. That was Why, a very I mean, loud atmosphere last night. The students were happy. But what they're is, around what each is other. the difference? What's the, what's the purpose of rushing a court? I've it's never a, understood It's a it. tradition. I mean, it's a thing that people do. Hey, you doesn't do it. Oh, that's I, okay. Kentucky doesn't do it. How do you know? Because I've, I've seen Kentucky win big games. They don't rush the court. Uh, they don't do it at North Carolina or Duke. I don't necessarily know that to be a uh, well, I do. black I just and white a big fact. Story on it. They've never done it at Kentucky? I don't know about never. They don't do it. Okay, I don't know. I, I don't can't get, go back to 1940. I don't understand why that's, that's some point it's of pride. Just, there's no need to. There's no need to rush the court. What are you getting from that? Well, okay, uh, there's no need for, the a, for a lot of things. That, that you uh, can't get in the stands with your fellow students. Jump and high-five and have a great time. Obviously, Going onto the court is a safety concern. It's there's no reason for it. If I'm an opposing player, I can't stand it because I'm worried about getting out of there safely and getting to my locker room. There's just no, there's no need for it, in my opinion. And I'm not picking on K State or anybody else. I just have never understood the need to rush the court. Well, then if we're not gonna if we're gonna outlaw rushing the court, I'm fine with that. But if it is still going to be a thing that exists, I just don't understand, like, oh, we're too good to rush the court. Okay, why? Well, you're, 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 act like you've been there before. K-State's won big games They're, at home. That's not what sports they don't need is to about. Rush the court. They don't need to rush the court. There's absolutely so no need what's for the it. cutoff then? You, you win two just big games? Just don't ever and, do it. So, just, oh, so we're just not doing it? No, just okay. don't do it. I mean, I can listen to that. 
There's no, but, there's absolutely no reason to do it. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know that ever anyone. I mean, Caitlin Clark had an incident a couple weeks ago, but I don't know that I've seen ever anyone be like seriously injured uh, when someone well, rushes let's not the have court. a first then, right? Why would we tempt fate? Why do uh, Why do people tear goalposts down? I mean, these are just well, that dumb, doesn't happen as as often. They're dumb traditions. It doesn't happen as often. Fortunately, KU, where it happened a lot, they don't do that anymore and take the goalposts to the lake up the hill or whatever they, they did. They, they've stopped doing that. And thank goodness there's really no need to do it. Why tear down a goalpost? First of all, they cost a lot of money, right? So you, can't just, you can't just replace them the next day, I don't think. Maybe you have goalposts in storage. But I would imagine a goalpost is, what, $10,000? I, I don't know, at least. So what's the purpose? It's, it's vandalism, basically. It's college. I mean, that's Yo, a... Let's go out and commit vandalism, students. Let's go tear down the goalpost. Go for it. Is it hurting anybody? Yeah, it's $10,000. If, if you and I went and tried to tear down a goalpost, what, what, what would happen to us? Oh, it depends on the context, I guess. Well, d given whatever context. If we were just uh, having some fun on a Friday night and went and tried It'd to tear down. It'd probably be frowned upon. Would, it, would we have broken a law? Uh, probably. Would we be arrested? Probably. Would we be charged? Maybe. Maybe? We'd probably be charged with something. What would we be charged with? Uh, Vanda destruction a of property felony. or a is destruction felony. of property a felony? Yes, it is. Yes, when at a certain price level, and as, as the price goes up, the bigger felony it is. Oh my goodness! Well, if you can put it back in the ground, does that? I mean, I don't know how much that costs. Well, what do you mean put it back? So you'd take it and then you'd go, your punishment would be to put it back? No, I'm just saying, if is it still, if you can, if it's repairable, is that destruction of property? Sure it if is. If you can just plant it back in the ground where it was. It's vandalism. Well, I don't think it's that big of a deal when college kids do it. Well, college apparently it wasn't because I don't know of anybody who was prosecuted uh, for ripping down a goalpost, but it... KU stopped that because it's thought, a pain in the you-know-what. I thought they, like, made them stop it. Right. They stopped it. KU stopped it. Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagles. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. All right. Taylor Eldridge joins us from the Wichita Eagle, Kansas.com. Wichita State basketball in action tomorrow night. Coke Arena, 6.30 tip against Texas San Antonio. Taylor, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. So I got to be honest, and I think I, I I don't think I speak for everybody who's uh, interested in Shocker basketball, but it's hard. This has been a long season, and it's kind it's kind of hard right now to uh, keep up keep up my interest. What would you tell me that uh, I would maybe need to do to to get back uh, involved with Shocker basketball? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they, they haven't really given. Too many reasons. I mean, they've been close. I think that's the that's the argument. You know, they've had uh, six of the eight losses in conference play. Have all been you know one possession last four minutes of the game. So they're they're not far away from you know being five and four or four and five something like that. You know, they just keep coming up short. You know, down the stretch of these games, and it's pretty. You know, I can imagine for the fans, it's pretty agonizing uh, to watch this. You know, game after game, and you know this this recent road swing. You know, up 15 at Tulsa, at Memphis, up 14 with less than eight minutes to go and to not be able to close out either one of those, very frustrating. And you can only imagine, you know, for the players and the coaches. So I would just say that, you know, they're not far away from uh, turning this around, but, you know, they got to they gotta start finishing. They got The execution has to be better down the stretch, and that's what I'm seeing, you know, pop up time and time again. It's not really any one overarching theme. It's just like little details here and there in the last four minutes is kind of separating the Shockers from winning. Yeah, I was kind of going to ask if there was a, a common theme or anything that happens because, you know, just a, a couple weeks ago or even less, you were you were writing about uh, how their poorest stretches are coming out of uh, the second half, the first four minutes and then the first eight minutes. Now it seems like it's the last eight minutes and the last four minutes of the second half. So is that first problem solved? And uh, how do they solve this this second problem of not being able to finish? Yeah, Paul Mills made a good point after that story. Uh, and if you look at it and you break it down even further, a lot of the struggles immediately after halftime have been on the road. At home, they've actually been you know pretty good or at least decent you know coming out of halftime. They haven't given up those huge runs. It's always been on the road, so that's the that's the next challenge for them. And uh, they get these next two at home, so. Uh, hard to say if that has been fixed, but uh, uh, but yeah, you know, some things do come to mind. You know, missed free throws down the stretch. That's been a you know a constant theme in some of these losses. Uh, you know, what I've noticed is you know to kind of dig a little bit deeper is that you know they get uh, cross switched. Uh, so like uh, like Ronnie DeGray is usually closing the game. So gets you know they switch every ball screen. So when they switch Ronnie DeGray, he's guarding the point guard. He'll contest the shot. Well, underneath the basket, you got, you know, Colby Rogers or Xavier Bell, you know, a guard, a smaller guard trying to box out a uh, power forward, a 6'8", 6'9", 6'10 guy. And they've given up a lot of offensive rebounds down the stretch of these close games. So that's kind of something that, uh, you know, Paul Mills has noticed. And he's like, we just got to be tougher. Our, our guards have to be more physical, uh, you know, fighting for those rebounds. And it's going to be a challenge uh, tomorrow night because UTSA, they shoot like 33s a game. Uh, they're going to be missing a lot of long shots. Uh, so that's going to create a lot of long rebounds. And that, that's where the guards have to, to be better at. Uh, 
uh, of just uh, sticking their nose in there and, and grabbing those rebounds. And that can really improve a team's defense when you start limiting teams to just one shot. And we're talking Shocker basketball with Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle, Texas, San Antonio in the, in the roundhouse tomorrow. And then Florida Atlantic visiting on Sunday an 11 a.m. tip. Uh, they've been playing very, very good basketball. I was looking at bracketology earlier, Joe Lenardi's most recent update, and we're down to two teams now from uh, the, uh, the American. Florida Atlantic he has as a five seed, and Charlotte, which is uh, – Kind of taking this uh, conference uh, by surprise a little bit. He has Charlotte as a 13 seed. What do you think? Is that uh, do you think that's the best the American can hope for at this point? Two teams? No, I think uh, I think they can get three in. I think Memphis. Uh, you know, they're uh, you know they they their struggles began after the Wichita State game. They lost four in a row, and then they had that you know uh, incredible comeback on their home floor. So we'll see if that corrects them, but they're going to need uh, to string some wins together. They can't take any more losses, uh, you know, especially bad losses at home because uh, they're just not that many quad one opportunities in the American. So I think, uh, I think Memphis can, uh, um, they can still, they can still get back into the at large uh, picture, but uh, you know, they got some work to do. And then uh, Florida Atlantic seems to be pretty comfortably in, and then, yeah, I think that automatic qualifier, somebody who wins that conference tournament, then uh, I think that's their, their route to, to uh, three teams in. Taylor, how far – well, this isn't really the right way to frame the question. How badly does Wichita State need a ball handler or two or three? Uh, how, how much will that be an emphasis uh, next year? And I know it already, it already is in recruiting, but how badly is, is that a need for Wichita State? Yeah, like when I when I watch, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it definitely comes up, you know, just that tight ball handling, someone that's really really comfortable with the ball, you know, strong, steady, makes right decisions. Uh, you know, WSU doesn't really have someone like that who's just, you know, that floor commander. And I think Paul Mills' offenses, when you've looked at, you know, when they really are high-tuned and, you know, they were, you know, uh, hardly turning the ball over, making a ton of threes, you know, the last three, four years at Oral Roberts, that all revolved around having really good guard play. So I think that's, that is going to be an emphasis, and it will be interesting. I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens uh, this offseason to see if, uh, you know, uh, just about everybody can come back, uh, especially from that guard unit, but will everybody come back, whether that's, uh, you know, them leaving in the portal or, or uh, you know, just coming, kinda, uh, coming to a common agreement that, you know, WSU, they just say, hey, you know, probably in your best interest to find a new home, or do they bring everybody back and just say, "Hey, uh, you know, you have a year in our system. Uh, let's let's uh, you know bring everybody back and see if uh, we can get some chemistry back, and if that will help in year two. So, uh, they, it's definitely a huge need, but uh, we'll see uh, how that gets addressed in the off season. They do have two freshmen coming in, but uh, you know, you, you don't don't love you know relying on freshmen uh, to play in a, in a conference like the American. Taylor Eldridge, our guest. We're talking Shocker basketball. Taylor, of course, beat writer from the Wichita Eagle. So it seems like with some recent rulings that we're, we're moving more and more toward the pro professionalism of high-level college athletics, maybe even all levels of college athletics. Uh, where do you think we're going to be in five years with this? And uh, 
I don't even know how to phrase this either. I'm old school. I covered uh, college sports when it uh, was the traditional college sports. That model is out the window, never to return. So take us five years into the future. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody knows the answer to that one. I think it's going to be really interesting the next year to see, you know, what happens with, you know, I, I have my eyes on, you know, what happens with the SEC and the Big Ten, kind of that alliance, because I think that's going to be the first domino that falls. That's really going to, you know, have a huge impact on the rest of uh, rest of college sports. So I don't know if anyone has the answer. Uh, they can see into the future like that. But, yeah, I think it is going to look pretty different, if not radically different, than what it does right now. And it's already changing uh, right now. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the old way that, that we grew up with, you know, that's, that that might not be coming back, so uh, we'll see what it what happens. But I'm going to be curious, like everybody else, to see what happens these next five years. Before I ask my question, Taylor, uh, how many members of the uh, our dynasty fantasy leagues are you with right now? Uh, right now, just one. Brandon <laughs> Zinner, <laughs> the Z-Man. Yep. What are you talking about? Well, he's with Brandon Zinner on the golf course. On the golf course? Yeah, it's a little cold for that. What are you doing, they, Taylor? They play golf all the time. Uh, are you any good at golf? Day. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're out here. We're out here crushing. <laughs> What's your uh, handicap? Uh, we don't we don't play handicap. It's, we're a straight <laughs> scramble group, so we, we, uh, oh, we, have scramble group. we have strength in numbers. I like that. So you've never kept score for your own round? What what would that be? Uh, I mean, I played in high school, so uh, I was shooting in. Well, then you're pretty good. In the '80s, I was bad. Uh, yeah, oh, wow. I was playing in the '80s back then. But uh, yeah, if I played now, I'd probably be somewhere in the '90s. Uh, let me ask you about shocker baseball. Well, I was going to ask a, qu- well, hold a quick on. question. All right, go, go ahead. ahead. What do you I was got? just re- as a basketball question, real quick, before we go to baseball. Uh, now that we're, I guess, halfway into this, uh, Charlotte, North Texas, uh, Florida Atlantic have all been pretty solid additions. How do you how do you rate the the conference with with those additions and others? Yeah, I mean, I think the Charlotte, like you said, that's been the biggest surprise. You know, I thought uh, the the job Abdul Rahim has done at South Florida any other year that's good enough to be coach of the year. But you know what? Uh, the first-year coach at Charlotte has done a takeover that late, and uh, nobody saw this coming. Everybody had them pegged as, you know, kind of a middle-of-a-pack team. And uh, to be, you know, at the top of the conference at the halfway mark is pretty uh, pretty remarkable. So I would say that the middle has gotten better. Uh, but, you know, anytime you're trying to replace a team like Houston, uh, Cincinnati was obviously going to be really good. Uh, that's really, really tough to do. So I think the top has gotten a little, little worse. Uh, the middle has gotten stronger, and then they've added a couple of the bottom feeders. So, you know, I think that as a whole, you know, it's not really improved their net position, but it hasn't exactly tanked it either. Taylor Eldridge, our guest, let me ask you about baseball. That starts uh, next Friday, uh, believe it or not. We get baseball moving in, in the college ranks. Uh, what are you What are you expecting? There's so many new players. I It's, it's very hard for – any of us to really be able to tell how good the Shockers will be. Do you expect them to be pretty competitive in Brian Green's first year? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really tough to tell. You know, uh, in baseball, it's obviously such a, a, you know, larger roster that you have to flip over. And he's done this before, you know, at past stops, uh, you know, brought in Juco guys. But uh, I think they really, really like the freshman class that they have. And I, I know they like the pitchers. We'll see what the hitting and the defense. But, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say that they're going to be competitive right out of the bat. I think anytime you have a transition like that where you're turning over so much of the roster, you know, it's kind of unfair to expect them to have success right out of the bat. So I would expect, you know, somewhere middle of the pack, probably towards the bottom end of the, the American this season. And then we'll see what, uh, you know, Brian Green can do uh, in the transfer portal, in the JUCO and the, the JUCO ways of, uh, you know, uh, all the Kansas kids out here. So uh, give him a full year of recruiting. We'll see what happens then. But, yeah, I think this first year, I think it's going to be kind of, you know, middle of the pack would be what I would expect. I got to get used. I, I got to keep working on this transfer portal and all this stuff, and I'll I'll get there maybe. Hey, Wichita, Wichita State <laughs> yeah, baseball totally just different. had to like fill the roster this. I understand season. that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have terribly high hopes. So we'll see. Uh, get back to your golf. Where what uh, are you? Uh, what what hole are you in? At what course? Oh, we're at uh, we're on the back nine. Just uh, it's a lovely day out here at uh, McDonald. So yeah, me and Zen are just or we're we're tearing it up. We're three under right now. So. Oh my gosh, that's with a lot of cheating, I believe, but that's okay. <laughs> Taylor, we always appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. All right, thank you so much. See ya. Taylor Eldridge. So they play where they use the best shot of the two of them. I guess I don't know a whole lot. Well, I've about never played golf. I've like never that. been invited. Obviously. Why but, would you be invited? Well, of course, but. Uh, I also, when our Channel 12 people, just kind of the young people, but so I wouldn't necessarily be included, they go karaoke in every week. I've never been invited once. Well, why don't you tell them why? I'd oh, like to I'd be have. Invited. I did. What'd they say? I don't know. I, non-committal was what, was what I are uh, you uh, Are you well-liked at Channel 12? I, I don't know. I thought I was. Who are some of the people who go to karaoke? It's kind of the, the youngsters. I, I don't know. I think probably... Kale, I know Kale was talking about it. I don't know who Kale is. He's a new, newish reporter. Brandon Zinner goes. I don't know if TJ goes. You know all the young single guys. Any other women go? I don't know. Not that I've heard. Well, why wouldn't I be invited? Well, you're not young Those or single. Folks would love me karaoke. Well, if I get an invite, I'll see if no, I no, can. No, no, I don't want it from you. I want one of them to reach out okay, to me. Okay, well, good luck with that. And say, here's where we're going to be Thursday night. Uh, is it a weeknight or a weekend night that they do this? They usually go on weeknights. Where do they go? Uh, I think they've been to Waltz. I don't know where else. Well, I've I've torn Waltz apart. I want a karaoke. Well, tell them. I did. Just go. Just show up. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. That's That'd be sad. <laughs> Plus, well, I don't know where they're going. It's sad that you're begging. Well, it's, yeah, maybe it is. It's less sad than showing up uninvited, though. Well, keep talking and keep. I don't know what to tell you. Young people may not ha- want to hang with a forty-year-old, forty-one-year-old. I know, but I don't come across as an old guy. I never had that problem. Everybody wanted to hang with me. Everybody. Twenty, thirty, seventy—it well, I mean, didn't at matter. Some, at some point, you don't want to hang out with people twenty years younger than you. Why? For karaoke? Eh. I mean, sure, it's fine. 
I mean, but these guys are at different stages of their just life. People. They're also drinking. You know, I'm not going to be doing that. So it's probably they probably would just look at me as someone uh, that would take the well, vibe. This out. is a sad. But sad I'm also a lot of fun to hang you out. You made with. this very sad in a kind of a sad sack way. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll hear from from Brandon Center. We'll see what uh, Denise Neal thinks about it. Denise Neal joins us from the Wichita Eagle, our second guest from the Wichita Eagle. We had Taylor Eldridge on previously. Here's Denise Neal. How are you doing, Denise? I'm okay. I saw your most recent post about places to take your sweetheart on Valentine's Day. So where should Jeff and I go? (laughs) Uh, is Jeff your sweetheart? Little Saigon. Jamie just reminded me that you have, or that you've known Debbie for fifteen years. We we uh, we met. Oh my gosh, I missed the date. This is bad. Way to go, we Bob. actually met on February second, two thousand nine, and uh, wow. here we are at February sixth. I have had a little bit going on, so forgive me, Debbie. But 15 years ago, plus four days, yes, I met my I still my clearly remember the first. I still clearly remember the first time you started talking about her. Well, Little you did know, we I'd, know, I'd, I'd, I'd uh, had some other uh, failures in that department, but anyway. Oh, uh, so oh where yeah, should I, I take? I know that. I know that. Ha <laughs> ha! Good stuff, Denise. <laughs> There's so many places Get him, that Denise. are doing. I, I am. There's so many places that are doing like special meals that you can, you know, like play pay one flat fee for, and it's a meal for two. You don't have to decide. They just bring it to you. Where should Bob go? Well, you know, some of this stuff might be a little fancy for you. Maybe you should go to Dino's and get heart shaped pizza. Yeah, that's not a that's not a bad one. I'm looking through the mm-hmm. list as we speak. Uh, you could also I, get her uh, a wanted, taco box. Yeah, I've wanted to try the sweet spot for a while now, so that that's possible. Um, we tried the kitchen, my Are wife you? and I, finally, uh, back mm-hmm. it, the, the, down there by uh, where we used to work, in the building yeah. where we used to work. And uh, I enjoyed it. I think they need a bigger space. What are your thoughts on the kitchen? Well, the kitchen has uh, something in the works. I don't know. I don't have all the details just yet, but I think they will have a place with bigger space soon. Um, I can't tell you anything more than that at the moment. But she is, Natasha, the owner, is doing some um, specials, you know, not, not like a set meal or anything, but she's doing some specials all next week so if you and debbie like that you can certainly go there i just added her to the list as i hear about more of them i'm adding more and more to my list which is on kansas or dining with denise on facebook i mean there's all kinds of stuff from like really fancy dinners that cost almost 200 bucks a person all the way down to like heart-shaped taco boxes uh norton's brewing company is doing a cupcake and beer pairing um just all kinds, I mean, like pretty much from one end of the spectrum to the other. Uh, there's something here for everybody. So a lot of people are getting into the Valentine's Day thing this year, which is interesting because it's on a Wednesday, and all these people are putting out specials like it's on a Friday or something. So what are you going to tell us about uh, Wiener Schnitzel possibly coming to Wichita? And, uh, 
you know, I think I probably can tell what Wiener Schnitzel is by the name. But what is Wiener Schnitzel? Well, Jeff, what do you think it is? Using your context clues. Uh, probably a hot dog place. You're right, Jeff. Oh wow! Thank you. What do I win? They don't have, they don't have any schnitzel though, which is kind of weird. That's too bad. Um, you win so by, what's the likelihood um, of us getting one or two of those? Well, here's the deal. I get reached out to frequently by these um, some of these national chains who decide, rightfully so, that our little town would be a good place for them to open a business because we love our food around here. We love our chain, our chain restaurants. So, I mean, here's the deal. they got to find somebody who has the money to buy into their franchise. So if there's somebody out there that is interested and they've contacted them, the chances are 100% excellent. But if they don't find the right person that wants to buy into the franchise and expand into Wichita, it's not going to happen. So a lot of these places like to announce that they're targeting Wichita so that they get some franchisees interested. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes we never hear from them again. But these people seem really excited. They said they'd like to have one nearby by this year if they could, but probably more likely next year. We're talking uh, with Denise Neal. So I'm going to mention a couple of places sort of close to me. Want Coffee and B-Rocks. They've Mm -hmm. reopened, but I still can't tell when they are open. It's the strangest place I've ever seen. And I wish (laughs) those people would just set some hours and be open. Uh, But they don't. I do do uh, think my story has the hours, so go ahead. Yeah, I, I drive by there all the time, and sometimes they're open and sometimes they're not. Uh, and then well, we've got know, the uh, the barbecue. Hold on. we got the barbecue place that we've talked about a lot up at uh, 13th yep. and Amadon, and still nothing. What's What what the hell know, is going on? I know. I, I've been writing about that one for two years. Um, the guy, I contacted him. When I wrote my story about restaurants to expect this year, he's hoping he's hoping spring. He's had some issues with his building and whatnot, but um, he swears it's still happening. He's a, and he's poured he's poured a, a expensive parking lot, so I'd say he's invested. I'd say it's going to happen. It's just going to be one of those that is in due time, um, and you're just going to have to wait. I'm so sorry to tell you that. Uh, and as far yeah, as but they, Rock, what's the song they and put up a parking lot? They what they pave paradise. Yeah, paradise. They pay, you can pave paradise all you want. What I need is a barbecue spot. Well, Bob, I don't know if you've been over there, but there's nothing. There was nothing paradise about the area he paved, for one. Um, but for two, the go with me, please. Lot tells me that he is serious because you don't pay for that much concrete unless you're ready to do something. Now, as far as Mont Biroc, which is on 13th Street, um, it's an old McDonald's building, kind of over in the Johnson's Garden Center uh, section of West 13th Street. That place um, has unusual hours. I think it's open mostly just in the morning time, uh, a few days a week. I can't, I found, I wrote their hours when I wrote about it last week, but I'm having trouble pulling it up at the moment. But, um, it's also the kind of place where, you know, it's been mostly drive-through forever. So it's possible that, you know, 
there's just no cars in the parking lot, but, you know, the drive through is open. So you got to get close and investigate. Can't just drive by and judge by the number of cars in the parking lot. I'll, I'll look more into they sell, it. I need to find, uh, yeah, beer off, sorry, coffee, I'm distracted. Things like that. Yeah, I'll look into it. Anything else, Denise, that we haven't uh, covered in the world? You don't of, have a question? Uh, I'm distracted at the moment uh, because well, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a case for Channel 12. But, uh, yeah. Well, no, we don't care what you're doing for Channel 12. Right, He's right, doing Denise? his other work on the job? Yeah, isn't that terrible? That's awful. Yeah, I apologize. It's not great. Uh, but what are you going to do? What's you haven't job? written much about food lately. What? <laughs> we we talked about Valentine's, we talked about Wiener Schnitzel, and we talked about barbecue. I think we covered it. What well, Denise is a wealth That's of information. Son. Where are you and your husband going for Valentine's Day? Like the direction that this conversation is going in with your son. I have That's my son. My work day. I have paused my work day to concentrate on you guys 100% only to find out he's doing work for a competitive news organization <laughs> during our segment. When I'm closing I in like on it. finding somebody or a story, I am, care. I am relatively obsessive. We so don't I, care. So I apologize. We care a little. No, Denise and I don't. We're wanting to talk food and restaurants. So where would you, that if is, you could uh, choose any place. That is unprofessional. It's so millennial of him. I, so you know, I, I deeply apologize. Well, let me ask you this. I'm trying to get this question in. And and you you keep talking. (laughs) So do you. Where where would you, well, I'm the host of the show. Where, and I I love you, where would you like to go for your Valentine's Day dinner? Okay, I'll tell you, Bob. One, there is a delay on your stupid phone system. So it's not my fault that when I answer your question when you're done talking, then you don't hear me until you start talking again. That's on you. Two, if I could go anywhere, I would love to go to the Belmont um, uh, Valentine's dinner. It's uh, the day before Valentine's Day. It's expensive. I cannot afford it. But if I could, I would go there. But their new chef, uh, who's really good, Jen Reichschneider, is cooking a multi-course feast. And I wish I could go there, but that's where I would go. My that does sound good. Not to, uh, my February twelfth. Valentine's Day. Oh my God. One hundred twenty-five dollars per person. Yeah. Right. All right. All right, Denise. Thank you. It, we always appreciate it. We're going to work on that delay because I was not aware there was a phone delay when we were doing a phone yeah. interview. Did you know that? I, 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 I remember there was a while ago, but I thought we had fixed it. No, no, here's what happens, Bob. You ask me a question, and then I answer it, and there's a pause, so I say something else, and you start talking because there's a delay, and then my voice starts coming into your ear, and it's just a big cluster. Maybe I should just start coming to your house. Yeah, that's probably what we're going to have to do. I was not, again, I, I've not been aware of the delay. So during the that's break, we're going to get clarification on that from Max Power. Okay, that would be great. Thank you, Denise. I have what? Okay. Don't forget to tell your people that the Cajun Shack is closing, which is sad. Thank you for having me, and it was nice talking with you, even if it was a big cluster. 
Thanks, Denise. Denise Neal from the Wichita Eagle. We'll uh, take a break, and uh, I'll get some clarification from Max Power. By the way, tomorrow, for the first time ever, this show will emanate from the Leslie Rudd Learning Center, uh, League 42. I've gone to expense to build a studio over there. This is a good, uh, yeah, I don't want to. Here's uh, a little over. Toby Keith as we go well, to break. I just want to put the, this is a song that he sang at uh, the Country Music Choice Awards. I think this was his last performance. Good voice. The late Toby Keith. Back in a minute. <laughs> 